Welcome, friends. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian behind the What's Right microphone here on this beautiful uh, Thursday. Yes, it's fabulous outside. It's uh, sunny. It's, I think, for Vegas, about the right temperature in and around 90 degrees. Absolutely uh, perfect if you have to ask me. So wherever you are listening to this program, know that our weather here, not too humid and perfectly warm, is just about as good as it gets. Now, friends, I, uh, I'll i get to it all. I know Biden fell at the – he fell at a, at a graduation ceremony, Air Force Academy. I'll get to it, okay? But I want to hit something here uh, right away which is a story that until Biden took his swan dive was at the top of the Drudge Report for several hours today. And that is a link to a Yahoo.com news story. And this story, uh, I guess celebrating the budget deal, the debt ceiling limit increase, shepherded in by Kevin McCarthy, uh, even despite the fact that about 70-plus very reasonable conservatives stood in the way of it. The title of the piece are Sane Republicans Making a Comeback. Now, what happens occasionally, friends, is I, you know, I'm, I, I always am involved in perusing the news I wake up in the morning, usually around five in the, you know, five five thirty. I wake up, and first thing I do is I, I pull out my phone, I pull out my iPad, and I begin looking at what's going on because, you know, by five in the morning it's eight on the East Coast, so the day is already rolling. Things are happening, stories are popping up, and I have to begin to prepare to get on air with you here at one as I am every day, 1 to 3 p.m., here on News Talk 840 KXNT, and give you not just local news, but also give you what's going on in the nation and in the world. And so this story, right, we know that last night a vote was held in the House of Representatives. The, uh, yep, yeah, 70, what, 76 or so Republicans uh, did not vote for the compromise deal. Nonetheless, enough Democrats stepped forward to create a bipartisan solution to the problem of our nation's debt. And it is as a consequence of that act that Yahoo News and Matt Drudge, in all of his infinite wisdom, posts this piece. And Matt, by the way, Drudge posted at the top of the Drudge Report. Okay, so he puts it out there as like the the number one thing that's going on in the country are sane Republicans making a comeback. And now I feel compelled to answer. I know many of you rely on me to make sense of all of this BS flying around. And so my answer is to this question is, well, first off, no, I'll just answer the question, no. Um, 
but the premise of the question itself is flawed. Because hear me in on this. If, according to Matt Drudge, via Yahoo News, a sane Republican is one that goes along with a left-wing president to increase our national debt by $6 trillion, then, hey, call me crazy, but I would rather be an insane Republican. I would rather be completely on the outside of this argument than be heralded by the mainstream media as a reasonable person for going along with this form of insanity. Friends, at some point, at some time in our nation's history, there will come a tremendous reckoning and our debt right today is 33, 34-odd trillion dollars. Um, so an increase of $6 trillion, which this bill affects, is not insignificant. But at some point, we're going to look at a – I mean, if we keep going like this, if Democrats continue to get rescued by quote-unquote sane Republicans – making a comeback at some point this debt is going to be 60 70 80 trillion dollars it's bananas and at some point with that kind of debt people are going to be sitting around they're going to go how did we get here and we got here because i swear to goodness the problem that we have as americans is that we care more about compromise than we care about results. Now, let me unpackage that for you for a moment. You and I, we both have something in common, I think, right? We have friends. <laughs> I know I do. Some of my friends are, um, many of my friends, I'm going to say this, don't necessarily agree with me or see eye to eye with me on every issue. That's what makes them great friends now occasionally i'll have this conversation with with somebody that is in my orbit about an issue and i will see them beginning and this is i don't want to say it's particularly true among women but uh it's it, it happens particularly about among female friends. well i just i want to find consensus here sam i want to find consensus with you and my response is, what, what is consensus worth? If you're right, why compromise your position with me to find a middle ground? That's just about feelings. That's just about you walking away from the conversation, feeling good about yourself. That's just you feeling validated. That's just you going, oh, we found something to agree on. How great. Now, if it's about, look, if this is an HOA board meeting and we're discussing a color palette for the condominiums in your association, well, the hell's bells, fine, find a common ground on that. But if we're talking about raising our national debt 
a, a significant amount, 15, 20%. What is the purpose to feeling good at the end of the day and quote unquote getting it done and winning accolades from the mainstream media for being sane? I don't think so. And I, I, I would urge all of you to consider this, right? The insanity, right, if it's defined by people with an agenda, can be anything you make it to be. Oftentimes people who are right, who are correct in the moment, are pointed at and called insane. Now, I, I, I'm old enough to remember going to school and and having, you know, liberal teachers back then, of course, today they would be totally mainstream, but liberal teachers talked to me about folks that were in the Middle Ages burned at the stake for denying that the earth was flat. That historic parable, right, was a true event in, in some cases, but that historic uh, story was given as an example of, of what? the punishments that come to unorthodox and against the grain thinking. And one of the things that we absolutely must do as conservatives is be willing to be against the grain, to be willing to be unorthodox, to be brave enough to speak truth to power. I have to take a quick break here. Are sane Republicans making a comeback? Kiss my A money money. I don't care. I don't care if anyone thinks I'm sane or insane. I want to be right or wrong. Judge me by the truth of the circumstances. That is what I ask. Now, uh, I'll be back in a moment. I got more to say about this. Trust me. Uh, but I just, I just resent the entire uh, position, right? The premise of the question that's being asked. And I think, by the way, if you think about it, you do too. Because what they're doing by extension of wording it this way is they're calling you and me, who I think we're very reasonable people, fundamentally crazy. And that is an argument only made by someone who is losing the fight. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right. Yes, I know. I know. I'm getting emails from you all. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. right here. Now, um, yes, I, I know, the Biden fell. How is this a surprise? How is any of this a shock? Today at the Air Force Academy commencement ceremony, uh, Joe Biden's leaving the podium, and he – I mean, listen, this isn't a stumble. This is a um, – this is a wipeout. 
Um, how is he going to make it through a a campaign? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fair question. Now, as White House Press Sec- Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre said uh, just a few hours afterwards that Biden was totally fine. Uh, he uh, had a big smile when he boarded Air Force One on his return trip to Washington. Everything's great. Um, by the way, when he falls, I don't know if you notice this on the video, he falls, um, he's flat down on his face. A couple of things I want to point out that none of the media are doing. One, he instantly points to the ground as if to say, look, I mean, there's a there's a defect there. Anybody would have fallen. He's got that. Like, he's got a quick response to let everybody know that anyone would have fallen in that exact same spot. So that is a, I don't know, you got to give it to him. I mean, he, he knows how to immediately pivot. The other thing I will tell you, and I say this as a, as a well-dressed man about town. After he took a fall and the Secret Service and a member of the military are helping him up, you see uh, his soles of his shoes. And they are rubber and very grippy. Now, I think this is a, a I think this is a tell. Um, oh, you're asking me why? Okay. All right. In the world of well-dressed gentlemen, particularly those that that steal millions of dollars from foreign powers and have the money in the bank to uh, have a nice wardrobe. For guys, I'm telling you this, leather-soled versus rubber-soled shoes, it's a big difference. Well-dressed men will prefer a, a smooth, crisp, leather sole to a shoe, to a dress shoe. The only reason to wear anything other than that is because you're trying to save a little bit of money because the the rubber sole shoes are, they cost less. Biden doesn't have to worry about that. But he wears the grippier sole, and I'm looking at the pattern on the bottom of the shoe. I mean, it's it's got a lot of little zigzags in it. He's doing it for the grip. Now, I, I, I don't know. Listen, my, my dad is about Joe, Joe Biden's age, and he hikes uh, four or five miles a day. Uh, Biden's, he just doesn't have it anymore. I mean, he, he doesn't. They know he doesn't have it. They're buying him literally grippy-sold shoes so he doesn't F up. That's the story here. Everybody around him knows that he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it mentally. He doesn't have it physically. And, you know, I've never, just think about it, right? You never have a, an opportunity really to see the sole of a president's shoes unless he falls flat on his face and has to be helped up by three guys. So that's, you know, that's my, my 10 cents on it based on what I'm seeing. Now, of course, it's the Republicans that are insane. Uh, we are the crazy ones. 
for demanding a balanced budget, for trying to throw some weight around to get Biden, the Democrats, and the spendy rhino Republicans to cut the budget back. That is the gist of the piece in Yahoo.com, the news today, in a story that was posted to the top of the Drudge Report. Matt Drudge, once upon a time, was a conservative, is now, I don't know, a shill for the center left of the country. It's a joke. Um, They're calling McCarthy one of the adults in the room in the story. They're citing Barrett Mason, a Phoenix-based Republican strategist. You know, when I hear Republican strategist, I break out in hives, friends. Quote, McCarthy made sure to put the adults in the room, and what emerged is a deal that adults created, close quote. If you were, I'll talk to, can I be a traditionalist here? Ladies, I'll speak to you. If your husband says to you, honey, we've got a budget. I've got an idea for a budget. I got a budget here where we're going to spend 40% more money than we have coming in. Would you think that those are the words of an adult, of a mature leader of your household, of your family? If you have kids, would you think those are the words of someone worthy to teach your children about fiscal responsibility? I'm going to just venture to say I'm going to go in on a huge limb here and say no, (laughs) you wouldn't, right? So why is it that we allow people like Matt Drudge to demagogue to us Republicans and tell us that it's the adults in the room that decided to spend way more money than we have, put our future selves, our children and grandchildren into more debt than we're in currently, significantly more debt, and call that adulthood, call that Maturity, call that reasonableness, etc. I, I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And that, I think, is the fundamentals of my problem with this deal, and I've said so consistently. I had hopes that McCarthy was going to hold firm, and the original deal that was passed by the House, listen, folks, that, that deal didn't happen. Not nothing close to it. And you can you, McCarthy and his his top lieutenants can come out and, and claim it was it was great this that and the other it's fine, but that's nonsense. It's, it's it's BS. And I don't like to be I don't like to be condescended by having my you know sense of fiscal propriety be called into question and and, and be by the way be be mocked as being immature or being. Being an adult, right? Being childish. I think this will all come back to haunt us. If Republicans want to build a brand that stands up to Democrats, they have to, have to create brand differentiation. I know a little bit about branding. Trust me, folks, I do. What's your brand differentiation? If you're just the same old, same old on the debt, How are you different? It's a fair question.
All right, that's the music. I got to go here up back in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show, Sam Rajofsky, will continue. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit salmonashlaw.com. Welcome to the United States of Sam America. And Sam, we trust. That's me. Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, the voice of reason in a chaotic world. What's right, show? Yes, it's on, like Donkey Kong. Macy's and Costco, friends, both sounding a warning about the economy. This is according to CNN. Uh, Other big chains as well are saying that shoppers are pulling back at their stores, changing what they buy. This could be a red flag for the U.S. economy. I hear me out on this. I am not someone to talk America down ever. I think this is the best country in the world. I think that this place, this incredible nation that we have built uh, through hope, through perseverance, through sacrifice, uh, will take on any other nation and prevail over them. Uh, but I, but at the same time, I also need to tell you that when the Biden administration says that the economy is doing just fine, when Biden gets up there and, and holds his press conferences, we're, we're getting out of the recession and everything. I, I know this. I've been telling you this forever. The, the economy is worse off than it is, and it's propped up only by the – Complicity, can we say that? Mainstream media, various talking heads, fans of people who want to see Biden prevail, who do not want to see Republicans come to uh, power, do not want to see uh, that Trump guy to come back and perhaps win the presidency. All of these are forces that are coming into play to perpetuate a lie and the lie is that we're doing just fine we're not Macy's on Thursday cut its annual profit and sales forecast after customer demand slowed quote the US consumer particularly at Macy's pulled back more than we anticipated said Macy's CEO Jeff Gannett Customers reallocated spending to food, essentials, and services. I get this. You understand this. You know this. You're living it. One of the one of the telltale signs of the totalitarian dictatorship is that they they expect you to swallow lock, stock, and barrel all of their lies, things that you know manifestly for yourselves to be untrue for example the economy is better than it's ever was it's rebounding it's doing great consumer confidence is up and you know what you're thinking you're thinking well well hell's bells am i the only person here who who doesn't feel confident in what they've got going on my answer is no i i I think people are 
pulling back. I'll give you, by the way, I'll give you a, a small vignette of this. I um, I recently had to purchase some outdoor patio furniture. This is like the, the bane of my existence. My wife says, we need outdoor patio furniture, and I think to myself, I, I mean, look, I'd rather buy a new gun. Okay, so outdoor patio furniture. It is, fine. We're going to get outdoor patio furniture, and, and we go to a... We go to, doesn't matter, here in town in Las Vegas, go to one of the, well, one of actually the less expensive stores. Now, let me tell you something. Two years ago, I had to acquire some pieces of outdoor furniture, you know, before this. Good luck. It was back ordered. I mean, you couldn't get it. It was, Sam, sorry, you're going to see these things like six months from now. And it ended up taking four or five months to get them. Now, they are in stock. They're ready to ship. You're going to get them right away. When you walk into the store, they are literally excited to have you in there buying. Where before it was, oh, yes, just another person buying. Money in this economy is shrinking. Macy's and Costco appeal to middle, higher-income shoppers. Their results show a pullback among that demographic, according to CNN. I'm going to also point out one other thing, because we've talked a little bit about shrink here uh, on the program this week. Talked about stores losing a tremendous amount of money through shoplifting. Now, I can't speak to costs uh, to Macy's, but Costco. Uh, Costco does, you shop at Costco, yes. You know you go into the store and uh, you have to show your, your membership card to get in. You go into the store, you go and buy goods. The person that is checking you out, yeah, well, there's, first of all, there's one entrance, one exit, right? So it's pretty secure. Um, the, the people that are checking you out, the, the, the checker, I was talking about this recently with my son who was interested. He'd heard one of my shows this week and was asking me, querying me about, about the losses that stores, uh, get through shoplifting. And I gave Costco as an example of a store that does uh, all the right things to prevent losses through theft. Because you know, the, the checkers at Costco, they make good money. They're sophisticated, you know, experienced people, people who have some longevity and experience at the business. So they're, they, know, they know all the tricks. They, they know how to scan problem customers. And then there is a second line of defense at the exit of the store. So I only bring all this up to say that Costco is not a store that is reporting a loss here based on shrink. They're reporting people spending less money on TVs because, you know, Costco can measure this. It used to be when the economy was better, you know, when we had somebody named Trump as president, people would go in the store looking to buy some granola, looking to buy some spices, looking to buy some meat. They walk out with the big screen TV and all the other stuff that they wanted. That same consumer optimism does not exist today. And so to that end, you, you got to be aware of this. And I, I have to inform you of it because it's important that you see things that others uh, around you that do not listen to this program uh, see. Costco also reported their uh, chief of finance, 
Richard Galanti said that some customers were switching from pricier steaks and beef for cheaper meats. And remember, because of the membership card, Costco sees things that you and I and other stores actually don't see either. Because when you check out, you, they have a profile on you. Everything's data-driven. So when you present your card, you've got a profile. They know what you bought last week. They know what you bought last month. They know what you bought last year. They're able to model this out. I have a good friend, a dear friend of mine who is, he's one of the you know, statistician type MBA people who, who does this for companies. And um, I don't want to out him, but he, you know, he now works for Meta. And he used to work for companies from, he did, did he worked for a, a, a uh, worked for fast food restaurants. He worked for uh, tech companies. I mean, he's done it all, but this is what he does. He literally models all of this out and gets at what consumer preferences are and looks at trends and all of this. So what I'm telling you, I'm not making up. A company like Costco actually has a a really good insight into what consumers do because unlike, let's say, Whole Foods where you can maybe get a little bit of a discount by showing your membership card or, you know, Albertsons, you know, whatever the store is, right, where you can – where you put in your phone number to get, you know, some of the, some of the benefits – some people don't do that. They just say, "Don't, don't, don't." I'm not going to give you my number. In Costco, they have no, uh, they have no way out. You've got to show your your card, and so they can track your spending habits. People apparently are shifting their discretionary spending to travel and other services, things that they weren't necessarily able to do during the pandemic. Right? They're looking for experiences, and. So that to that end, by the way, travel, dining out is good. I think that is, by the way, potentially good news for Las Vegas. Can we be can we be honest about that? Right? I think that having the country and the world come here for those experiences is a good thing. And yeah, you know, but but I think we have to be aware that there is a certain amount of constriction occurring in the economy. Now, is that good or bad? Of course, it's bad overall, but it might be good slightly in the sense that now the Federal Reserve will be less likely to increase rates, to keep boosting interest rates, which, of course, will, you know, uh, hopefully we get some balance in all of this. Um, but it's, it's scary, folks. Our economy was roaring. And would COVID have been as bad as it was if the Democrats weren't determined to bring Trump down at all costs? Would it have been as bad if Trump had not, to a large extent, bought into it and listened to Fauci? Well, those are all questions, right, that we need to ask ourselves as we go into 2024. Okay, got to take a quick break. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840. KXNT, you're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Common sense conservatism here, delivered daily 1 to 3 p.m. on News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajovsky here uh, behind the What's Right microphone. 
Yes. Um, oh, I had a funny story to share with you. So yesterday we were talking about the back and forth between DeSantis and Trump. And I, well, listen, I, I mean, I, I, of course, there's going to be a battle royale between the two candidates, no doubt. Uh, one of the things, though, that bothers me, and, and I'll call it out on either side, is history revisionism. Now, for me, the uh, thing that I love the most about DeSantis is that he bravely went against the grain during COVID to fight the insanity. That's the summation of it all. But the, the, the fundamentals of it were that he understood and took the position of reopening Florida, understanding that it was important to protect the people that were most vulnerable, tell the elderly, those that are susceptible, pre-existing conditions, et cetera, to stay home, and then tell everyone else, go to school, go to work, go enjoy life. You're gonna get COVID, you're not gonna get COVID, whatever it is, you're gonna live life. By the way, and I can vouch for this personally, there's a strain of COVID going around, uh, well, here in Vegas, certainly. Uh, and I can't say, listen, I can't say that I've been at my absolute best this past uh, little while, but uh, I can also tell you that it's something that we're all living with. People are getting it. People aren't even testing for it anymore. They're passing it along to people. They're going out. And we're dealing with it because it's just a really bad flu. And the statistics now bear this out. Of course, if you were to call it a really bad flu in early 2021, you would have been called a murderer, a horrific person, somebody who wants people to die. All of this was obviously absurd. So there's a, 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 a just a delicious bit here. Um, Andrew Warren Andrew Warren is the prosecutor, the George uh, Soros uh, prosecutor fired by Ron DeSantis last year. And he was, uh, he's in Hillsborough County, Florida, uh, state attorney there. He, he um, uh, refused to enforce local laws. And so as a consequence of that, uh, Governor DeSantis gave him the boot, which is absolutely the appropriate thing to do. And by the way, in, in California and elsewhere, New York, uh, the Democrat governors there ought to do the same thing with the likes of Alvin Bragg. And uh, uh, in, in, in L.A., you have uh, uh, the DA there. So it's, you, you, they ought to be doing this, too. But they're not. DeSantis did it. And Laura Loomer, who is I'm not going to she's a pro-Trump, you know, uh, agitator. Uh, she reposted, retweeted a um, a tweet by uh, Warren, the guy Andrew Warren, the guy that was booted by DeSantis, attacking DeSantis and um, scoring some political points. And I, look, here's where I'm going with this: it will not do the Trump side or the DeSantis side any good to sacrifice political positions to sacrifice um, 
I don't want to say ideology, to sacrifice principles, principles for the sake of scoring political points. That's, that's a, you know, listen, that's a fundamental uh, fact here. And, and, and to the extent that they will do this, right, to the extent that, um, uh, to the extent that, that the team Trump is going gonna, is gonna to go after DeSantis and criticize the way he handled COVID, I, I mean, that to me is an absolutely losing proposition for Trump. Now, they'll want to hit DeSantis with anything they got, but using a, using a prosecutor who you know, got, uh, got booted by DeSantis, who has a political axe to grind, who was one of the prosecutors that we all understand in this country do not deserve to be in office, that deserve to be removed by their respective governors. Yeah, he's no he's no Gascon, right? Gascon ought to be removed from office by Gav, by Gavin Newsom. Alvin Bragg ought to be removed from office by Kathy Hochul, who is the uh, governor of New York. Recidivism, permissiveness, is what is causing the problem here. We have a. By the way, I just. Last segment was talking about the lack of consumer confidence and that stores, big box retail stores, are feeling that pain. We've also talked about this week how, how, how Target, regardless of the uh, culture war mess that they have stepped into, have as far back as 2020 been giving millions of dollars to social justice causes that have been letting criminals off the hook and in turn have – uh, are on track this year to have approximately 800 million, million, 800 million company that's only worth 9,90,88 billion. So one ninth of their total net worth in losses alone, in losses alone. You sell, by the way, you conventionally sell a business. You sell it based off of, of revenues, off of EBITDA, earnings before interest, right, um, and taxes. So you, 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 there's a standard for this. And, and, and by the way, like that number is 7x, 8x, 6x, 9x. So when, a, when your losses, when your uh, the money that is walking out the door because people are simply stealing stuff and getting away with it um, is that huge. And by the way, you have funded the political system that creates that. I mean, I've said that's the real story. But it matters here because we, we have to get real about these issues. And if we get too hung up in the Republican primary about, well, DeSantis is bad or Trump is bad or... By, by the way, Pence is entering the race. Does anybody care? Sam at SamAndAshLaw.com. I want to hear from you. Please, for the love of all that's good in this world, if you are a DeSantis person, excuse me, a, a, a Pence person, I, I want to hear from you. Because, no, I'm, no, I mean it because, and by the way, some of you, when we disagree particularly, I, I, I 
I respond thoughtfully. I take time with uh, uh, with 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 my responses. So I I will I will respond to you and engage with you. I, I'm just uh, if you think Pence is the answer here in 2024, I'm I don't know. I definitely want to hear from you. Remember this in New York. There's eight million people in New York, and it's about 370 of them that commit all the retail thefts, like 85, 90% of the retail thefts. 370 people that do it over and over and over again. Now that is, by the way, that ought to be a winning issue in 2024. Sam Rajofsky, The What's Right Show. Be back in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Friends, welcome back to the program. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show I have a bit of local news, but it'll interest anyone listening, even if they are not here in beautiful Las Vegas. Uh, Somebody from my office was uh, driving in this morning and noticed that there was a concerted city action, city of Las Vegas, not the county. You had the marshals and you had city works employees Public Works, they were under the Sahara Western overpass cleaning out all of the homeless that are there. Now, I, why am I mentioning this at the top of the hour? You're probably wondering, is this, <laughs> is this earth-shattering news? Well, yes and no. If this occurred in LA, if this occurred in San Francisco, if this occurred in Portland, Minneapolis, or New York City, it would be a national news story. Why? Because, of course, their homeless problem has been allowed to run amok. In fact, you're not even allowed to use the phrase homeless person. I, by the way, oh, no, no, it's, it's unhoused now. Unhoused, that's the, or house-challenged. I think that's another term that they like to use. I remember, I remember when I was a kid, homeless was the politically correct term uh, because hobo, you know, and bum, those were the, <laughs> those were the real terms. Now I want to, I want to talk about this for a second here because let's let's just reduce this down to the common sense nuts and bolts of this, right? Of this this problem okay when you go to downtown las vegas when you go to downtown la when you see homeless people walking around bums okay hobos walking around with sores on their back without you know one shoe on one shoe off talking to themselves agitated flailing their arms around what are you dealing with there is this a person that is down on their luck or is this a person who has put so many chemicals into their body that their mind is blown? I think you know the answer to it. 
So disavow yourselves of the argument that is used by the left that this is a, a question of compassion. Allowing these people the – they call it freedom, but I would call it um, – I, I would say inflicting the horror of, of letting these people walk freely on the street. Putting not only themselves, but you and I, our, our loved ones, our fellow citizens in harm's way, that is an absolute insane thing. Now, these people ought to be, most of them, committed into a mental institution because, of course, they have done, whether it's fentanyl or uh, whatnot, I I, I know more about this. If you, by the way, if you're listening to me and you live up in Summerlin, I'm, I'm, I'm not making fun of you, okay? I'm not. Uh, but, you know, I, I, my office is downtown. And if you go to my office, if you come and visit Salmonash Law in beautiful downtown Las Vegas, I mean, by the way, I had just had the, um, I just had the, uh, uh, people come to do all the uh, power washing of the sidewalk. I, I do that all the time. You will see a pristine corner here. And, and I think, by the way, next door is pristine as well, uh, moving kind of up the street. There are occasional spots here that are a little, little messy. But the reason that it looks good is because I, together with every other business owner here, has a zero-tolerance policy of this insanity. We don't put up with it. And it's very important that you as Las Vegans understand this, right? That this is in L.A., okay? L.A. people with their mentality can go stick it to where the sun doesn't shine. And occasionally I run into this. For example, let me tell you, yesterday <laughs> I was outside of the building, my office here, and uncharacteristically, it happens once in a while, but not often. There was a person passed out on the ground, and it you know they were mostly on my property. They were mostly not on the sidewalk, mostly on my property. So this is, of course, I, I love confrontation. I'm a lawyer. I confront people for a living. I fight for my clients. So, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm on this. So I come up to this, and I use the term loosely, lady. And I say, I, you're on private property. You need to move. I don't get a response. Well, I'm on my way to lunch. You know, I didn't bring plastic gloves, but, you know, I kind of tapped her foot with my shoe, with the tip of my shoe. Wake up, I said. <laughs> and she sprung it. Do not touch me, right? The whole confrontation, right? Just because I'm homeless. I go, listen, you're, ma'am. And I know this from experience. You don't you don't logic with people that are high on their own supply. But I said, "Ma'am, you're not homeless. You're, you're, you might be homeless, but you're you're really just you're you're a druggie. Get a job, get a life, clean yourself up, you know. But first off, get the hell out of here." Now I had, as I'm doing this, I had a, a couple of gents pulling up to the curb that were off to visit. There's a number of high-end restaurants around me. Okay, I have to say that. This is kind of a food area. And so people come here 
Now, people will say, oh, I want to meet at Esther's Kitchen. I want to have a great meal, which is, by the way, a tremendous restaurant right around the corner from me. And they'll meet here. They'll come down from the west side. They'll come down from Summerlin and say, oh, we're going to go downtown. And, you know, if you live in Summerlin, I, you, of course, there are bums in Summerlin, too, at the gas station panhandling whatnot. But, you you know, you're in a gated neighborhood. You don't, they're not hanging out in front of your house. And so these two guys uh, who, in, uh, by every measure, are tougher than me and are more masculine than me, just kind of, you know, big burly guys, looking at like looking at me like I'm like I'm a crazy person. By the way, this fits into our conversation about Democrats, mainstream media liking Republicans who are mainstream, who are not crazy, who are adults, right? By the way, if you missed that portion of our program talking about that at the top of last hour, get us on the podcast, What's Right Show. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. And it was this little interaction that I, I thought about a little bit. Then I heard and got these pictures of the uh, cleanup effort where the marshals, who are the it's a police department that is responsible directly to the city council, to the mayor's office. Um, and, and they, by the way, I love the marshals because they'll come out and they'll do what, you know, Metro doesn't necessarily have the resources to do. They'll come in and they'll clean up downtown. They will, they'll get it done. Like when we have a, a, a problem downtown, we call the marshals because the marshals will come in and clean things up. Although I will tell you, uh, Metro has been spectacular as well. But these guys, probably from the west side of town, probably from a nice gated neighborhood, probably not necessarily with my worldview of things, are looking at me like I'm a terrible person for telling this poor unfortunate soul that's lying on the sidewalk in front of my building to take a move, to take a hike, to relocate. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this. It's, it's all part of the same concept right that you, you know we we as reasonable people we as law-abiding tax-paying citizens should never abdicate give up our position and our needs and our desires for the sake of some ideology that is, is nonsense to begin with. The ideology here is that we have to be compassionate with the homeless, that we have to be this is a this is something that we have to be uh, you know accommodating to. My business, I rely on having a business where people are feel safe to come in, to park their cars, to um, you know walk up to the building. If I've got a passed out, and by the way, this person had open sores on her back. I mean, it was disgusting. This is a person who is unkept. This is a person that needs medical help and actually ought to be committed to a mental asylum, no doubt. And instead, because we have the ACLU, because we have all these do-gooder liberal types, these people are roaming the street, and they are taking down our neighborhood. And our neighborhood, by the way, here downtown in Las Vegas, like other downtowns elsewhere across the country, are incredibly important to revitalizing 
the cores of these cities. Here in Vegas, you know, I mean, if we just if we're just reduced to a series of of, of I, I I don't know of, of, of suburbs, right? If we're just if all we are, are Summerlin and and um, you know and 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 the south end of town, you know, whatever. If we're just reduced to that, and no one wants to be in the core of the city, then then that's all we are. We're just an a, an, an amalgam of satellite neighborhoods. And we're not a city. We're not a place that people want to, to be. We don't have a heart. Jane Jacobs, great author, uh, Life and Death of, uh, of Great American Cities, a, a tremendous book, uh, writes about this. It, it's not up to the government, folks. It's up to you and I to see to it that the heart of our city is revitalized. And so um, I'm proud of the fact that the city of Las Vegas is taking a stand. I'm proud of the fact that we're, we're working to clean things up. I'm proud of the fact that we are not L.A., that we are not Minneapolis, we're not San Francisco. And like with most things, all we have to do, if we just want an idea of what it would be like if we put into office the same clowns that they have, look at the mess that they are in. If you want that here, keep voting Democrat, let me tell you. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. By the way, friends, Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash, Injury Law. One of the, I was going to say, by the way, uh, when I talk about the homeless problem, I'm going to let you in on a. I'm going to let you in on a on a dirty secret. Um, it's not even dirty; it's just a secret. It's something that isn't said, and you're not going to read it anywhere in the news because nobody wants to go on the record with it. Do I have your attention? Okay, good. I think, by the way, this is true in L.A. and in San Francisco and elsewhere too but in downtown las vegas when we talk about like where where our office is it's uh, the arts district the arts district is uh, a predominantly liberal neighborhood that's nothing controversial to say i mean it's just it is it's a lot of arts a lot of um you know lgbt stuff you know all of that Restaurants, it's a. I think it's a great neighborhood. I think it's one of the best places in in, in the whole city. But, but anyway, that's the um, that's the makeup of the neighborhood. Now, here's the dirty secret part. I talk to all the business owners here, people that own property, that have businesses, that are my neighbors, and whether we agree on Joe Biden or not, whether we agree on the debt ceiling limit bill or not i'll tell you what we all agree on one we love las vegas two we love downtown las vegas three we understand that vegas can't achieve greatness without a thriving downtown and i would say finally we all uh, share this common interest in seeing 
a revitalization occur in this in this neighborhood of ours. And so, let me tell you something, folks. <laughs> you take some of these. I'm not going to name any names. You take, but I'm. I'm not going to name any names. You take these liberal left-wing people that have businesses here. They start to sound like the most well. What what what, what would the uh, what would Yahoo.com calls unadult <laughs> unadult Republicans? If the adult Republicans are the ones that agree to spending six trillion more in our economy that we uh, in our budget that we don't have. If the, unad- if the adult Republicans like compromise with whatever the uh, official stated politically correct position of the Democratic Party is, a lot of Democrats, in fact, I will say virtually every Democrat I have encountered in downtown Las Vegas, when push comes to shove, they understand that we have a homeless problem. And by the way, they love the fact that that they have a Republican conservative's neighbor who doesn't give a rat's rear end about political correctness, who goes out there and, you know, and and, and occasion, my euphemistic here, I trespass them. If you're on my property, get get out. You're out of here. Get out. If you don't get out, not only am I calling the police, I'm going to make your life very uncomfortable. Within the limits of the law, I have to say that within the limits of the law, and uh, I, you know, I, do you remember the incident? Producer Robbie is chirping in my ear. You remember the incident with that business owner that had had it with the drugged-out homeless person in San Francisco and hosed her down, and everyone literally lost their minds. That's another example. It's not even about homelessness anymore. It's not even about it's, it's not even about it's not about anything other than conformity with the groupthink that dominates our discussions these days. Because here's what happened. There was a I think it was a gallery owner who was next door to a restaurant, a, a, a club restaurant. And in between the two property lines, there was a homeless person who camped out on the street. Now, we have an anti-camping ordinance here in downtown Las Vegas. I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody put up a tent in front of my office, um, that would be probably the worst idea that they would ever have. Um, I'm not going to get into details, but I would do everything possible to make sure that person was not – did not feel a welcome here. And I'm not doing it just for me. I'm doing it for every person that passes by my office, major thoroughfare, big wide sidewalk, people going to restaurants. Nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants it. But here's what happened. An, an older gentleman looked like a hippie to me. I'm just going to say, you know, kind of long hair, whatnot, hosed down the homeless person in San Francisco. And here's what was interesting. Immediately when it happened, the reaction from the community, which was, how dare this person do this? Oh my gosh, this, I, I saw the statement from the restaurant next door. This does not represent our values and this was not somebody, this was not a sanctioned event. They, they just began to distance themselves from a fellow business owner who had had it up to his gills with this crap going on in their neighborhood. 
Now, this is, a lot of you are nodding your heads. You know I'm right. You know I'm making sense here. I'm saying the quiet part out loud. We don't want these people here. The state ought to take these people, commit them to insane asylums, put them where, you know, if they can't help themselves, and and we're all for that. But letting them roam the streets like this, unacceptable. And then when the government abandons us and doesn't do anything, which fortunately we have a partner with the city of Las Vegas for now, here where, where I operate, where I live, you don't have a partner with the city like we do, then all of a sudden you're stuck, you know, taking uh, matters into your own hands. And then people around you, you know, turn on you when you do that. It's an interesting study. It's an interesting thing to think about. Fortunately, that does not happen here from my experience. Don't go anywhere, folks. I'll be back in a moment. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit salmonashlaw.com. All right, friends, Sam Rajofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian truth teller, lawyer, and man about town. Um, all right. The Biden administration is flat out of excuses. There's no other way of saying this. I'm, well, I'm not surprised, honestly, but, uh, but I, I'm humored. Let's put it this way. I am humored now by how they are responding to questions, legitimate questions by the press related to the Biden crime family corruption. The Republicans have come out and given volumes of evidence related to the dealings that Biden had as vice president under Obama and the various means by which he and family members enriched themselves in a, well, basically widespread corruption influence scheme that yielded millions of dollars. Yesterday, in the White House press briefing, a reporter asks a real question about this corruption related to the Biden family, to Corrine Jean-Pierre and John Kirby, two spokesholes for the Biden admin. The reporter's question is first, and you can hear the responses of the two spokespersons in response. There have been many developments in the House investigations into the first family's international business dealings recently. There's one committee trying to get an FBI file alleging that President Biden took bribes. There's another IRS whistleblower who's alleging there's a cover-up in the investigation. Amid all of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? Wow. <laughs> the president has spoken to this. Uh, the president has spoken to this. Uh, and there's nothing to these claims. And as for the... Uh, the, the whistleblower issue that you talked about and, uh, um, and the, the, the document. I, I, I believe the FBI has spoken to that. And you're going to have to go to them on that. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks, Greg. 
you know, I have an observation about this. And I say this, right? I, I say this as a lawyer, as somebody who makes arguments for a living. When your opponent has no argument, that's when they do stuff like this. That's when they throw out the Lord's name in vain. They say, wow. They say, you know, whatever. They say, Ugh, nothing, nothing here. How do I even dignify this with a response? This is like when some bro gets caught cheating on his girlfriend. The girlfriend brings him irrefutable proof of it happening. He goes, girl, you're crazy. This is crazy. This is, what do they call this? What do, what do we call this now? Gaslighting. That's what this is. It's gaslighting. And the, pro- now, of course, I expect nothing less from the spokes. Uh, lesbian for the uh, Biden administration, right? Jean, uh, Korean Jean-Pierre. Well, I'm calling her that because that's what she she's told us, that she's the first lesbian woman of color to uh, hold that position. She's made it an issue. So consequently, I'm going to make it an issue. Spokes lesbian for the Biden administration. It is her job to defend Biden. Here's where it gets weird. It gets weird when the director of the FBI, who has a duty beyond just the president, but in fact is sworn allegiance to the Constitution and to the nation, to each and every one of us, playing uh, defense for the president. Now, James Comer, Republican Kentucky, uh, talking yesterday uh, in an interview with News Nation. Uh, Chief uh, uh, Washington correspondent Blake Berman about these documents, right? There's some documents related to all of this that the whistleblowers that have come forward have said exist. And the director of the FBI says, no, they don't exist. They don't exist. And then he's changed his tune. Listen to this. We expressed our displeasure uh, with Director Ray that uh, we requested this document, which is unclassified, uh, almost 40 days ago, and we've received nothing but the runaround, uh, and that uh, he hadn't even admitted that the document existed. By the end of the phone call, the director did, to his credit, admit that the document existed, which is good because that's what the whistleblower alleges. So hear me out. The director of the FBI says, oh, this document that backs up what a critical witness to the Republicans in the House investigating Joe Biden and others is saying. First, he says, nope, 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 doesn't exist. I'm not turning it over. And then he's like, well, it exists, but I'm not going to turn it over. This is outrageous, and it ought to be front page news. Here's Jim Comer uh, continuing explaining what's going on. He implied that he was not going to give it to us, that we could come look at a redacted version. And I told Director Ray that I would be happy to do that, 
but we were still going to hold him in contempt of Congress unless he produced the document, because this document is, is critical to our investigation. And again, this fits a pattern that we've already discovered in other countries where when Joe Biden was vice president, so you were, his so you family were still started threatening. receiving payments soon after a visit. Now, Blake Berman with uh, News Nation almost seems incredulous. You want to see the pres- You want to see the director of the FBI go to jail? <laughs> Is that what you want? Asking Jim Comer. I was reading through the penal code. There could be a fine for the FBI director. You could even potentially, according to the penal code, throw him in jail for 12 months. Do you want to throw the FBI director in jail? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't comply with the congressional subpoena. <laughs> Remember when the left was so gleeful in throwing Steve Bannon into jail uh, for being held in contempt of Congress? You know, I don't mean to be vulgar, but F these people. Like, literally. I don't know how you feel about this, but I... That was... The Steve Bannon thing was a joke. This goes to the heart of corruption by a sitting president of the United States, a guy running for re-election, a guy who is waging war on his political enemies using the institutions of state. And they, and by the way, the FBI is playing hide, you know, hide the monkey with these documents just to protect Joe Biden. Let none of you forget how complicit in all of this institutionally the FBI was. Because this will pass at some point. We cannot forget the same way we will not forget COVID. We will not forget the shutdowns. We will not forget vaccine mandates, the stupid mouth face diapers that they forced on us. None of it. We're not forgetting it. That all is peanuts compared to this nonsense. These bureaucracies are out of control. By the way, Jim Comer nails it uh, when he says this to Blake Berman in the same interview. We have several government bureaucracies that are out of control. The way this system was designed is they're supposed to be check and balances. And the House Oversight Committee is supposed to have congressional oversight over uh, every federal government agency. Uh, but what we have you- with the FBI is instance after instance where they turn, turn their nose up at congressional inquiries. Yeah, because guess what? They don't care. They are not the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They're the Gestapo for the Democratic Party. (laughs) And I, I, folks, you know me. You know I'm not an exaggerator. I'm not, I don't engage in hyperbole. I don't, I don't say things, you know, I'm not one of these. I'm not one of these conservatives with some online account somewhere. I, I'm a real person. I back up what I say with with my business, with my family, with my standing here in Las Vegas and beyond. So I tell you this. It, it seems to me that this FBI, this agency that is supposed to be the top law enforcement agency enforcing the laws of the land, is nothing more than than frontline shock troops for one political party targeting the other. 
And when it comes time to be dispassionate and be, uh, well, you know, investigative of, of serious crimes, they turn a blind eye. Why? Because the target of that investigation has a D that follows his name. That, friends, is unacceptable. Taking a quick break here, Sam Rajofsky. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by the only personal injury firm to trust here in Las Vegas and beyond, Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. I want to give you folks a little bit of perspective on the markets and how they reacted to today's news uh, that the Republicans, the adults in the room, decided to give Joe Biden his uh, increase in uh, debt ceiling. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, you're listening to the What's Right Show. The Dow Jones Industrial uh, Index was up only 047 percent 0.47 percent so it's a blip if this was as huge and as epic as important as it needed to be this number would have gone up a lot more now i want to give a little more perspective here all in all uh, the numbers on the Dow Jones Industrial Average for the week went up and down, but not, uh, let's see, no more than, let's see, from a low to a high, no more than about 800-point swing, which is relatively small, uh, based on news of the deal happening or not happening or moving forward. My take on it is this. I mean, I, I think all the smart investors out there know that we've just kicked the can down the road. And that we're creating a bigger problem than it's, you know, is, 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 is one we can handle as a country. So it just backs up what I'm saying. I, I think all these stories about, oh, it's, the, the bipartisanship got the job done. And, and, oh, it's so great that there are Republicans that are willing to eat it and do what Democrats want them to do. That that is defeatist thinking, un-American thinking, and very dangerous thinking that ultimately will lead to financial ruin or worse. Uh, so that's that's the takeaway there. Um, you know, I'm going to leave this for tomorrow. Robbie, remind me. I got I got to share some of these uh, clips here from from James uh, Comey, who is a former FBI director. I look this. Remember, this is a guy who completely and utterly sabotaged Donald Trump uh, in his four years in office and prevented, in my view, from, from allowing Trump to really do execute on the full breadth of his, uh, his promises and his, his presidency, his platform. Uh, so Comey, to me, is just – I mean, he's a, a despicable piece of garbage. He's a political hack. He's an absolute loser. And by the way, I tomorrow I'll share this with you because he has – made it clear that he is partisan. And that's my takeaway here. He is partisan. He is politically active. 
and that he made political determinations whilst in his role as FBI director, which then translates, of course, to what Christopher Wray is doing, who's a protege of James Comey. He's there right now refusing to turn over evidence requested by Congress, all because of what? He's protecting Joe Biden. Here's James Comer. Continues this is an interview I was sharing with you just before the break. Uh, James Comer talking to Blake Berman, who's a correspondent for News Nation. Um, listen to this, right? This is um, Comer describing the nature of the document, the information request. We have several government bureaucracies that are out of control. The way this system was designed. Is- hold on. Hold on. That's we played that clip. This is the one I meant to play. This is not a classified document. This isn't something that should be very difficult to produce. Look, we've produced evidence that shows there's a pattern here. You, you say this is an allegation, and it is, but it's not an allegation that his family created shell companies and wired money from foreign nationals to the shell companies and then laundered them down to the family's personal bank accounts. I've already proven that. I don't know how many in the, in the media covered that, but uh, the, the White House has never explained how the president's granddaughter got a payment from Romania, how, how nine of the president's family members received payments from China and Romania. I mean, how did that happen? How can you defend this? How can you defend this? This is... Um, do you just dismiss it as being a fabulism on the part of the Republicans? Bank records do not lie. In fact, I will tell you when it comes to evidence presented in court, the best records, the most solid evidence you have are financial records. They, they just they're very dispositive of what what facts occurred. Money's money, numbers are numbers. Source and destination are recorded. And because of various federal laws, they're all recorded in the same way and according to the same rules. There's no hiding this. Biden is a criminal. Biden ought to be in jail. Biden Biden ought to be in a no-slip jail cell. That's where he belongs. And this is why I'm going to play it again. This is why when asked about this, all the White House press secretary can do is go, well, Jesus, listen to this. There have been many developments in the House investigations into the First Family's international business dealings recently. There's one committee trying to get an FBI file alleging that President Biden took bribes. There's another IRS whistleblower who's alleging there's a cover-up in the investigation. Amid all of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? Wow, Jesus. <laughs> All they can do is laugh it off. And if you want, I mean... I know none of you believe this, but gosh, if any of your uh, friends or coworkers that you talk to about this go, yeah, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. This is delusion. That reaction is, is purely delusional. 
So tomorrow, I, you know, because I'm going to have a little more time. Friday, I'm going to I'm going to get into uh, Comey's response because he's given some interviews about this topic, and I I think it goes to the heart of really undermining. It, it, Comey thinks he's out there. Ray thinks they're out there uh, defending the FBI and protecting the FBI. What they don't realize, because they're small-minded liberal twits, that they are signing the FBI's death warrant. I have never believe this as much as I do now, that the Federal Bureau of Investigation may very well cease to exist in my lifetime. If someone had told me that five years ago, I would have laughed. Now that statement is plausible. Not saying it's certain, but I'm saying it's plausible. And it's plausible because This agency has now corrupted itself manifestly, visibly, confirmably in the face of of clear and convincing evidence that they have, you know, that they have a president, a sitting president, his son, family members who are clearly ought to be targets of a significant, significant federal investigation. And they're being passed up. It's all being overlooked. It's all being swept under the rug. Again, because there is political alignment between the agency, the people that lead it, management of the agency, and the politicians that are in power. That is the story. It's actually a lot bigger than just Biden. If you just reduce it to uh, let's go Brandon and whoa, go go Brandon. I mean, it's it's that's a component of it. Sure, Biden's a, a criminal, but. The real story is, is, is the way the Justice Department and the FBI have been corrupted. And I, friends, will stay on this uh, for as long as I have a voice. Got to go. The What's Right Show will be back tomorrow. Have a great day.